This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me today, and it's an honor to be here with you. My show today is entitled, There But For The Grace Of God Go I. Yes, there but for the grace of God go I. How many times have you heard this proverb? Perhaps you've heard it said as, but for the grace of God, there go I. However you remember it, Regardless of how many times these words have flashed across your mind, they're meant to remind us of our good fortune. I admit, they're an awkward way of acknowledging the grace of God. There but for the grace of God go I. But as we watch the ugly carnage in Ukraine and mouth these words, there but for the grace of God go I, do we stop to think, if, if even only for a moment, of the domestic threats to our own freedom, liberty, and sovereignty? Yes, I'm talking about the threats Joe Biden is advancing here at home as the puppet of the woke radical progressives in his Democrat party. If it's not lies about critical race theory and voting suppression, it's lies about why we're experiencing 10% inflation. Yes, the actual producer price inflation for February was 10%. And that 10% will certainly show up in the March stats that will come out in April. Joe Biden's explanation for these prices are twofold. He says it's COVID and Putin. COVID interrupted the supply chain, according to Joe, and Putin's war explains the rest of the price. I'd play the clip of Joe saying these very things at the March Democrat caucus meeting in Philadelphia last week. But we really don't have the time to listen to poor Joe stumble through his readings of his lies as written on his teleprompter. So let me ask you, have, have we replaced this homage to God's grace there, but for the grace of God go I, with a new, more sinister proverb? For instance, perhaps this one. There, but for the incompetence and perverted ideology of radical Democrats, and a brain-crippled and obstinate Joe Biden, do we, the American people, sink ever lower? Ever lower in our moral and ethical standings. Ever lower in our economic standings. Ever lower in our ability to defend ourselves and our friends from woke cancel culture meant to crush dissent. Ever lower in our ability to properly educate our children. Ever lower in our rights as parents to shield our children from the ravaging woke ideologies of the radical left sexual orientation and gender identity thugs. Ever lower in the left's identity politics that instead of blending and harmonizing us, divides us by race, ethnicity, and simple skin tones. Again, ever lower in our ability to stop the left's promotion of sexual perversions gender confusion, and the dysfunctional myths about the superiority of single-parent families in our broader society. Ever lower in our rights to constitutionally say no to government overreach when it comes to so-called public health mandates. Ever lower in our protection of the unborn. Ever lower in our national sovereignty as we watch Biden erase our southern border. 
ever lower in our security from vicious, murderous criminals ruling our streets and neighborhoods, ever lower in the judicial standards that once offered protections of property and life? And aren't we seeking even lower in the eyes of the world? Our leadership looks and acts old, practically ancient, but there, for the grace of God, go I. No, 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 please don't mistake who's responsible for our misfortune. As in Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar, Cassius says to Brutus, the fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. We are not the victims of fate. We are the victims of our own inaction to take control of our own destiny here at home and abroad. Again, we are not victims of fate. Not any more than Ukrainians who lie dead in mass graves. Fate did not kill these Ukrainian children, mothers, fathers, grandparents, and neighbors. It was within our power, our power, to stop these murders just as it is within our power to set our own course for good, right here in our own homeland. For I still believe in liberty and justice for all, and I'm sure you do too. Yet we failed. Yeah, yes, we absolutely failed to recognize and take action against the, the growing woke cancer in, in our Congress and broader society and in our enfeebled White House sick with pernicious evil. We're daily witnessing how this malignancy is eating away at our souls at home. But assessed with our own problems, we failed, or more correctly, our political leaders, they failed, to understand how lethally fast our domestic cancer would enable Vladimir Putin's vicious attack on a peaceful people and nation. Had Biden not been allowed to declare war on fossil fuels, making us energy dependent again, and unable to assist other oil and natural gas-dependent European nations, oh, had, had Biden not been allowed to lift the American sanctions, the Trump sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that assured Europe's dependency on Russian natural gas and oil, had Biden not been allowed to hold back the requested armaments from Ukraine, had Biden not been allowed to delay the financial sanctions on Putin and the Russian economy before February 24th, the day of the Russian invasion. Yes, it's all ifs and buts and candy and nuts. But because of our own domestic problems, our eyes weren't on the Ukrainians. And now, now we can't take our eyes off the Ukrainians. Ukraine has become the center of our universe because there's no drama more enthralling than ruthless, bloody, brutal stories of life and death. And Ukraine has all of this and so much more red blood and trauma. But who's the blame for our domestic chaos and escalating civil war? But there, for the grace of God, go I. My God, your God, our God, has nothing to do with our domestic abuse at the hands of run-wild woke progressives and their instrument of annihilation, that being President Joe Biden. We have allowed this to happen to ourselves and our friends here at home. We have failed ourselves. We have failed our children. We have enabled this Democrat-inspired domestic abuse happening to each and every American. It's come to the fact that our government no longer apologizes to us for their imposed financial contusions, 
for their immoral lacerations of our religious freedoms, for their plummeting effects of their forced inflation, high food and gas prices, for the stitches family required to stop the bleeding from uncontrolled crime, for their denial of our constitutional rights, of our parental rights. I ask you to name one Joe Biden policy or action that hasn't resulted in a battering, a welting, a thwacking of the American family's well-being. Has Joe Biden improved the quality of life in America? Are you better off today than you were at the start of 2020, just over two years ago? Has Joe Biden and the progressive Democrats improved your life? Has one Biden policy eased your mind about what your children are being taught in their woke schoolrooms? Or have the Democrats just made everything more expensive and made you feel less safe and more cautious in just about everything you do? More uncertain of your future. More uncertain of our future. Have we taken our eyes off our overwhelming domestic problems? Have we allowed this heinous evil war in Ukraine to give us sort of a psychological break in our national fatigue over our own civil war? But the Ukrainian war is surely a perverse distraction for those of us fighting Democrats on our own home front. Yes, the bloody and brutal war imposed by a totalitarian despot ruler like Vladimir Putin is distracting us from our own warlike arguments with a wannabe authoritarian like Joe Biden and his woke socialist and so many avowed American Marxists. But there are great lessons to be had from following this war in Ukraine. It's my intention today to discover some of the truths about ourselves and about our political leadership as we watch the world respond to another European Holocaust and ask ourselves, why? Why indeed? Let's turn to Ukraine. At 9 a.m. on the morning of Wednesday, March 16th, President Zelensky, the President of Ukraine, addressed a joint gathering of our Congress. If you didn't see this short address, I encourage you to find it on YouTube or Rumble or other video services. It was sincere and it was masterful. Our President, President Joe Biden, was set to deliver a speech in response to Zelensky's speech at around 11.45 a.m. of the same morning. Instead of addressing us at 11.45 a.m., and by the way, Biden's never on time for any of his uh, addresses to us, Biden called to postpone his speech until 1 p.m. My assumption is that his prepared remarks were far short of what he needed to say in response to the objective and yet impassioned pleas of the Ukrainian president. Now, given Biden's pathetic nine-minute speech delivered at 1.10 p.m., I can only imagine how unimaginative his initial speech must have been. I'm going to go over uh, this speech of his clip by clip to point out the folly and misinformation this administration continues to shovel as if it's so much manure they need to clear out of Biden's addled brain. But first allow me to share what I believe to be a very bitter irony. The two most important leaders we've seen over the past six years, the two most effective ones, perhaps since Ronald Reagan, they aren't career politicians. 
They are not and never will become members of the elite, lifelong political gladhanders. They will never be among those devoted to solely themselves, all while claiming they're nothing more than public servants of the people, elected by the people and laboring always for the people. The two outsiders I'm talking about were successful in their own fields of endeavor before coming to the call of public service. One building hotels, property management, and entertainment. The other in comedy, entertainment, acting, and creating a large and thriving entertainment production company. Yes, I'm speaking of Donald J. Trump and President Zelensky. Now, by contrast, we have a gaggle of sclerotic, near-mummified politicians like Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and Mitch, Mitch McConnell who've never spent a day, much less an hour, in the private sector. Their only real job has been to keep their job in Washington, D.C., and while doing so, become multimillionaires on a public service salary. With each additional day, week, month, and year in office, their fictional leadership decays, and we're worse off for it. We've become even less imaginative and even more cautious, and in the case of Democrats, increasingly feeble in resisting the onslaught of radical progressives who seek to dominate Americans in ways none of us will ever really submit to. I certainly won't. I doubt you will either. What have these forever office holders done for any of us these past 20 years, these past 10 or even, even five years? Time is flying by. You just count the days since Joe Biden's inauguration, January 21, 2021, until today. We're talking about in the last 422 days. Look what happened to us in just over 400 days. When you look at the state of our nation, it hardly fits the fancy, happy-faced lies Joe Biden told us just weeks ago on March 1st during his meandering State of the Union address. And, and no, 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 COVID did not do this to us. Our leadership response to COVID did this to us. You know, we've just marked the two-year anniversary, the second anniversary since the first COVID lockdown. And no, I will not forget nor forgive what Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci did to America and Americans during their reign of COVID terror. I will return many times today to say we have no one to blame for our moral, psychological, and physical decay over the last 422 days but ourselves. We've either voted these people into office or we've allowed them to manipulate the system such that they were assured that all vote counts favored them, whether those votes were actual votes or contrived and manufactured votes. We have a golden, a sterling, a platinum opportunity to redeem ourselves and thus save our America. That opportunity is only 234 days away, or just over 5,600 hours from today. <laughs> but who's counting? Yes, I'm talking about November 8. 2022. That's the day we vote for the next Congress, the next governor of our state, the next state legislature, and on and on. It's a day we take control of our destiny. 
It's the day we break these bonds of servitude to mandates and economic ruin in the name of so-called existential climate destruction. And if we don't win big on November 8th, and I mean big, we will have doomed ourselves to an unimaginable agony and the ugly desecration of the values we claim we claim to hold these sacred. 234 days is shorter than you think. Please become involved. But therefore, the grace of God go I. God helps those who make the effort to help themselves. If anything should be perfectly clear, it's that elections have consequences, and I, for one, do not plan on suffering any more woke legislation and perverted leadership for another unsustainable two years. I pray you feel the same way. I pray you will act on those feelings. Now, before I switch over to review Joe Biden's Wednesday afternoon speech, I'd like to share with you a clip of Joe speaking at the Philadelphia House Caucus meeting last week. Joe said he had three goals as president. Here's the clip. You be the judge on how Joe's doing with these three goals. First was that uh, I thought it was essential to literally restore the soul of this country sense of decency and honor, a sense of a sense that you can trust one another, restore the soul of the country, because what we were seeing was not who we are. The second thing I wanted to do that's been the essence of my whole career from the time I ran 20 miles from here, a 29-year-old kid for the Senate, was that uh, I wanted to rebuild the backbone of the country. And the backbone of the country is the working class and middle class. I'm so sick and tired to trickle down. And the third thing, which a lot of you didn't like, I know, I thought we had to unify the country because ultimately we are a democracy and there needs to be, for it to work, there has to be consensus. Let me remind you, this was Joe Biden just, just a week ago. Yeah, just a silly week ago. So let's take a serious look at Joe Biden's speech in response to President Zelensky's address to Congress this week. Here's the first clip of that speech. He speaks for a people who have shown remarkable courage and strength in the face of brutal aggression. Courage and strength that's inspired not only the Ukrainians, but the entire world. Putin is inflicting appalling, appalling devastation and horror on Ukraine, bombing apartment buildings, maternity wards, hospitals. I mean, it's, it's got off of us. They're an outrage to the world. The world is united in our support for Ukraine and our determination to make Putin pay a very heavy price. America is leading this effort, together with our allies and partners, providing enormous levels of security and humanitarian assistance that we're adding to today, and we're going to continue to do more in the days and weeks ahead. We're crippling Putin's economy with punishing sanctions that's going to only grow more painful over time with the entire NATO and EU behind us and many other countries. Mr. President, you begin by telling us something we're seeing every hour of the day on cable news, at least for the past 21 days. You have repeatedly said Ukrainians have shown strength and courage in the face of brutal aggression, and their spirit has inspired the entire world. I ask you, Mr. President, inspired what? What have they inspired us to do? inspired our praise, our sympathy, inspired us to donate to the Red Cross? What exactly 
has all their strength, courage, blood, death, and, ins- and the destruction inspired. Has it inspired you to act? I think not, Mr. President, at least not decisively. And, Mr. President, you're always three steps behind whatever relief you mean to provide. In so many ways, your slow actions lag behind what even the most mentally hobbled leader would do in these same circumstances. Are you unable to respond in real time, Mr. President? Are your somehow necessary weekends in Delaware interfering with your decisions? Have have the Ukrainians bled enough into new, hallowed Ukrainian soil for you to finally do something other than call Vladimir Putin a war criminal and say you're going to spank him with severe financial punishments? Mr. President, you acknowledge that Putin is inflicting appalling devastation and horror on Ukrainians. Yes, Putin is committing atrocities. But what did you expect, Mr. President? Did you really think your Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, and and what an appropriate name for this character, Blinken, was going to talk Putin out of invading Ukraine? I mean, don't you think, Mr. President, that when Putin finally had nearly 200,000 Russian troops on the Ukrainian border that something like perhaps invasion was assured? Honestly, Mr. President, what did you expect? Were you completely out to lunch when Putin leveled Chechnya or invaded Crimea? Uh, These were terrible atrocities that you actually witnessed. You were vice president, Mr. President, when you and President Obama did nothing while Putin stole Crimea, and you have stood down while Putin annexed eastern cities in Ukraine. You and Obama refused weapon requests from the Ukrainians to resist Russia's aggression. And, And what have you done in the face of mounting Russian aggression? Well, you, Mr. President, yes, you have played the role of an appeaser, feeding the crocodile in hopes that it will eat you last. After 50 years in public office, are you this naive, Mr. President? But that aside, so what, Mr. President? So what now? So now you're inspired, inspired to do what? Now you've waited 21 days to step up and do more than acknowledge this carnage. But you're still, as always, a dollar short, and in this deadly case, you're at least 21 days late, and more likely six months too late to have averted this war altogether. The fact is, Mr. President, every weapon and weapon system you're sending to Ukraine, every one today could have been easily shipped 12 months ago, six months ago, even three months ago. Even the March 2021 shipment of only 150 Javelin shoulder-mounted anti-tank weapons should have never been delayed until August. Was it, was it because this was President Trump's final shipment of arms to the Ukrainians? Was this the reason you never intended to see them delivered? And it was only after Vladimir packed another 50,000 troops on the border that you finally got around to saying, uh, okay... What did you think the Ukrainians were going to do with this paltry sum of javelins, Mr. President? Attack Mother Russia head on? And again, I'm sure every father who's burying a child alongside a mother, a wife, 
is glad to hear that you're going to wave the flag of internationalism and punish Comrade Vladimir Putin. Are we now inspired to act with at least a step, one step beyond your constant half measures? And we're still importing oil from Russia, Mr. President. Seems you forgot to inform the American people that your executive order to ban Russian oil has a 45-day wind-down provision. You've chosen to honor Russian oil contracts for the next 45 days. Mr. President, this makes you look such a phony. And did you understand that your position has always been that Donald Trump was in league with Vladimir Putin? I mean, really, Mr. President? You know, turnabout is fair play. So what does Vladimir have on you and your grifter family, Mr. President, that makes you so deferential to Vladimir? Nevertheless, rest assured, Mr. President, you're safe for now. Vladimir hasn't pulled back on his blackmail threats and decided to go public. Not just yet, anyway. Oh, go ahead, Mr. President, and take your 36th trip to Delaware this weekend. We understand your staff needs to get you tucked into your chirogenic chamber and frozen stiff until Monday morning when they thaw you out and carry you to Marine One for the short trip back to the White House. And the good news is, is that while you were away and shut down in your chirogenic uh, chamber, the staff, your, your propaganda department, has concocted an entirely new pitch that Putin is to blame for all of your own purposeful damage to the American economy. For surely, if Vladimir Putin is responsible for our gas price inflation, then he's likewise to blame for the rise in all costs related to gasoline and petroleum. Now, this includes food and everything made of plastic. But good on you, Mr. President. You're crippling Putin's economy with punishing sanctions. Good on you, Mr. President. You say we're leading the world in this effort. That's good to know. I could hardly tell. Nor nor can the Ukrainians, because your crippling, punishing sanctions haven't saved one Ukrainian life or stopped the annihilation of one home, one apartment building, one business school, or hospital. But I'm sure you sleep better at night, and believing the hyped-up stories your publicist, Jen Psaki, is, is pushing on TikTok about your skillful leadership, that they're somehow true. If stupid is as stupid does, the same is true for delusional, Mr. President. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala, or Kamala, or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to... Take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back, because every day... It's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show. And I'm not kidding. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. And I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I want to put in a good word for Healthy Cell and this wonderful product line. Go to the HealthyCell.com website, so it's Healthy Cell all together, and utilize everything that they have. Not they have not only wonderful products, but they have wonderful information that can help you navigate 
your life and understand a lot more. And I think one of the best sites on the website is the blog section and go to the section on sleep. And there are topics that are so practical. They address, why am I so thirsty at night? Uh, the truth about sleep and memory, the negative effects of screen time on sleep, uh, the dangers of prescription uh, sleeping medications, long-term effects on sleep deprivation, and then nine tips to boost your immune system uh, uh, while you're traveling and trying to get sleep along the way. The Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement is in a form of a gel pack. So that means the micronutrients and vitamins are absorbed instantly through a microgel technology. You don't have to wait for a big chalky pill to be digested in your GI tract. And it means you can take it uh, basically right before bed, which is wonderful. You don't have to take it ahead of time or plan. Uh, it's literally as your, uh, as your head is about to hit the pillow, uh, you can take the REM sleep supplement, brush your teeth, go to bed as you normally would, and then get a deep and satisfying sleep. And it's not just uh, what's called REM sleep pressure. It's not the pressure to go to sleep so much as it is the quality of sleep. And I just had patients this week in the office say, wow, this supplement really does work. They get a better quality sleep. And when you get a better quality sleep, you feel more well-rested and energetic the next day. Very importantly, there are a uh, lesser degree of stress hormones and other uh, adverse factors that's happening with your body. So then you have a better day and then as you have a better day, you move into the next night, you get a better night sleep and it becomes a positive cycle. So, you know, restlessness, sleeplessness is a cycle and then getting high quality sleep over and over again, that's also a cycle. So what I tell my patients is don't just do this one time, do it consistently every night and do it day after day, week after week, month after month to get the body in a cycle. The body likes to get into a routine cycle. If you're going to use any type of micronutrient or supplement or any prescription medication, using it on a regular basis has a far better effect than using it sporadically. So give it a try. Go to HealthyCell.com and enter in the promo code out loud. Get 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. Invincible American spirit drives the most audacious experiment in the history of self-government. America Out Loud celebrates the American spirit every minute of every day. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Before the break, I had just begun commenting on Joe Biden's nine-minute speech in response to President Zelensky's morning address to the joint session of Congress. Let me repeat Joe Biden's last lines from that first clip in this series. We're crippling Putin's economy with punishing sanctions. That's going to only grow more painful over time with the entire NATO and EU behind us and many other countries. Again, Mr. President. You say these sanctions of yours will grow more crippling to Russia over time. But let's be honest, Mr. President. You've only crippled about 35 to 40 percent of the Russian economy. Now, how is it, Mr. President, that the Russians, 
who were in a proxy war against are negotiating with the Iranians on a new Iranian nuclear arms deal, and they're negotiating on our behalf. It's very confusing. You know, it's widely reported that the Iranians will not negotiate directly with us. So you've joined with the Russians as they negotiate with the terrorist nation on our behalf. (laughs) What nonsense, Mr. President. Do you really believe the Iranians are going to back off their designs to acquire a nuclear warhead ASAP, regardless of whatever you get them to allegedly agree to? And Mr. President, will you swear to the American people you will not, under any circumstances, purchase oil from Iran? Is it, is it your position that you'd rather energy jobs go to the Iranians and that we purchase their oil, dirty oil, at that far dirtier than American crude, than from Americans and from American wells? I, I thought you were a bi-American guy, Mr. President. And let's face it, Mr. President, or like you're fond of saying, let me make it perfectly clear for you, Mr. President, it's not Russia or Putin you're punishing with these crippling sanctions. You're brutalizing everyday Russian citizens for something they have no more control over than I do over stopping you from breaking immigration laws and allowing 2.2 million illegal aliens from entering our country. See, it's my country too, Mr. President. Now go right ahead, Mr. President. Devastate millions of innocent Russians who are nothing short of Slavic mushrooms. You know, Putin keeps them in the dark and feeds them state-controlled media manure. Well, just yesterday, good old Vladimir accused the West, that includes you, Mr. President, of wanting to destroy Russia. He did this in a televised video conference laced with evil, dark undertones. He warned his citizens that he would cleanse Russia of scum and traitors. I think that's pretty direct. Scum and traitors he accuses of working covertly for us, Mr. President, and our allies. Now, he's already arrested more than 16,000 Russian critics of his Ukrainian invasion. And I think the 16,000 is probably a low estimate. Putin said, quote, any people, and particularly the Russian people, will always be able to tell the patriots from the scum and traitors and spit them out like a midge that accidentally flew into their mouths. He went on to say, I'm convinced that this natural and necessary self-cleansing of society will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, cohesion, and readiness to meet any challenge. You know, Stalin could have said the same thing before he murdered 25 million Russians over time. And speaking of time, Mr. President, time is something no one, no one, Mr. President, not one Ukrainian nor one ordinary Russian citizen has either. Do you understand this? Do you get this yet, Mr. President? Why are you holding back? What's at stake here are the principles that the United States and the United Nations across the world stand for. It's about freedom. It's about the right of people to determine their own future. It's about making sure Ukraine never, will never be a victory for Putin, no matter what advances he makes on the battlefield. Mr. President, you say that Ukraine will never be a victory for Putin no matter what advances he makes on the battlefield. This is an ignorant statement, Mr. President. When every building in Ukraine is rubble, when all Ukrainians are either dead or refugees, 
Will you be the first to stand up and tell Putin he lost the war? Or, or better yet, Mr. President, will you have the nerve to tell the remaining millions of Ukrainians in exile that they won and won big, and all thanks to your personal leadership? And on top of this, you'll have the pleasure of knowing you crushed millions of everyday Russians who have nothing to do with this war other than mourn their own dead sons and brothers. And Mr. President, did you misspeak when you said, quote, what's at stake here are the principles that the United States and the United Nations across the world stand for. It's about freedom. It's about the right of people to determine their own future, unquote. Surely you misspoke here, Mr. President. You have yet to allow Americans the right to determine their own health futures. You forced employers to fire their unvaccinated workers. Millions of workers lost gainful employment. All because you and your tiny tyrant, Dr. Fauci, brutalized Americans. These were workers who made conscious, informed decisions to remain unvaccinated. But you couldn't respect that. As the science clearly demonstrated, follow the science, follow the science. These unvaccinated workers posed no risk to others. You labeled these Americans as unpatriotic pariahs, untouchables, outcasts. These people didn't have the right, according to you, to determine their own health care, their health care future, or what foreign substances someone forced into their bodies. No, so much for your right to determine their own future. The American people are answering President Zelensky's call for more help, more weapons for Ukraine to defend itself, more tools to fight Russian aggression. And that's what we're doing. In fact, we started our assistance to Ukraine before this war began, as they started to do exercises along the Ukrainian border, the Russians, starting in March of last year. We took the threat of Putin invading very seriously, and we acted on it. We sent Ukraine more security assistance last year, $650 million in weapons, including anti-air and anti-armor equipment, before the invasion. Do you really believe we're going to let you get away without being challenged on this lie, Mr. President? You, you, Mr. President, you held up former President Trump's last scheduled shipment of armaments to Ukraine. This was the March 2021 shipment. You stopped the shipment and didn't send it along until August of 2021. This despite Russia beginning to amass 50,000 troops along the Ukrainian border in April. Yet you held up sending these 150 javelins, that's all it was, 150 javelins in that March shipment. You held them up until August. And now you're going to tell us you, you were helping them all the way back in March you took this whole thing seriously? Of course, when you lifted all the American sanctions, Trump sanctions, on the Russian Nord Stream 2 pipeline in April of 2021, you also greenlighted Putin's future invasion of Ukraine. You agreed with the arrogant Europeans that Trump was wrong and that Putin would never use his stranglehold on their energy needs as hostage. Let me play again this clip from May of 25. 2017, nearly five years ago, as President Trump addressed NATO about defense and Russian energy. Reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. That is why we congratulate European states such as Poland, 
for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. Now, Mr. President, you purposely delayed arming the Ukrainians until August because, as you've continued to fret, Mr. President, you didn't want to poke the bear. Face it, Mr. President, you didn't want to do anything that would escalate Russia's troop buildup on the Ukrainian border. But was this the real reason, Mr. President, or is there something else you're afraid of? Well, it didn't matter, did it, Mr. President? Putin continued to amass troops, and total Putin sent more than 200,000 troops to the Ukrainian border. And 40% of these Russian troops were placed in Putin's satellite nation of Belarus along the Ukrainian border. You didn't believe Putin had all those troops surrounding two-thirds of Ukraine's territorial boundaries just for military exercises, did you, Mr. President? Please remember, Mr. President, Ukraine received its second batch of U.S. weapons in the so-called pre-war Russian standoff in late January of this year. Then, Mr. President, you waited to send more weapons until the very day Putin invaded Ukraine on February 24th of 2022. You never took the possible Russian invasion of Ukraine seriously, did you, Mr. President? Don't tell us that. If you did, none of, a, none of your actions signaled this to the Ukrainians, the Russians, or, in fact, the American people. Let's face it, you flat-out lied to us again, Mr. President, when you said you took the Russian buildup seriously. You're still being dragged by the American public into doing more, Mr. President. And frankly, Mr. President, you're a weak, cowering, and feckless placeholder in an office you have no rational or legitimate right to be in. I'd love to explore with you the scalding news about your son Hunter's laptop that finally, and finally, 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 the New York Times is reporting on. You lied about this too, Mr. Biden. I will no longer refer to you as Mr. President, Mr. Biden. So when the invasion began, they already had in their hands the kinds of weapons they needed to counter Russian advances. And once the war started, we immediately rushed $350 million in additional aid further address their needs. Hundreds of anti-air systems, thousands of anti-tank weapons, transport helicopters, armed patrol boats, and other high-mobility vehicles, radar systems that help track incoming artillery and unmanned drones, secure communications equipment and tactical gear, satellite imagery and, 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 and analysis capacity. And it's clearly helped Ukraine inflict dramatic losses on Russian forces. Mr. Biden. I'm hardly the first to say that had the Ukrainians been given the types of weapons they required to counter a Russian advance before February 24, 2022, the Russians would have never invaded Ukraine. You, Mr. Biden, sent the Ukrainians slingshots and stones, and you've sent these pathetic weapons late. Russians had to murder Ukrainians for the world to see before you did a damn thing, Mr. Biden. Now, this may have worked well for the shepherd boy who eventually stopped the Philistine Goliath on the battlefield, but these weapons hardly countered the Russians' advanced weaponry. And armed patrol boats? Wow, really, Mr. Biden? 
patrol boats against the Russians' nuclear submarines and Udaloi-class destroyers in the Black Sea? Have you looked at the photos of Ukrainian cities, Mr. Biden? Seventy percent of the buildings in most major cities are uninhabitable, if standing at all. You know, in the New Testament's Gospels of Matthew, I'm sure you've probably looked at some of those chapters, Mr. Biden. Matthew tells of a parable told by Jesus, clearly stating the consequences of action and inaction. The two most important lines from the parable of the final judgment are, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. This new package on its own is going to provide unprecedented assistance to Ukraine. It includes 800 anti-aircraft systems. Our new assistance package also includes 9,000 anti-armor systems. These are portable, high-accuracy shoulder-mounted missiles that Ukrainian forces have been using with great effect to destroy invading tanks and armored vehicles. It'll include 7,000 small arms, machine guns, shotguns, grenade launchers to equip Ukrainians, including the brave women and men who are defending their cities as civilians and they're on the countryside as well. Well, of course, Mr. Biden, these weapons you're finally sending to Ukraine are unprecedented. In other words, Mr. Biden, you failed to send them these types of weapons back in January when Putin had amassed the largest military force poised for battle on the European continent since World War II. And I'm glad you're sending them modern-day small arms. Nice that you're giving the Russians a complete laundry list as well of the pitifully small armaments we're sending along. Watching Ukrainians try to defend their homes with shotguns and buckshot is embarrassing. Not for them, Mr. Biden, for us, for Americans who are disappointed in you as a wartime president. And by extension, Mr. Biden, you are an immense embarrassment and danger to our national security. We're going to continue to mobilize humanitarian relief to support people within Ukraine and those who have been forced to flee Ukraine. Good on your humanitarian relief, Mr. Biden. So far, nearly four million Ukrainians have fled their homes with nowhere to call a stable long-term shelter, much less a home. Millions more can't escape their borders for safety in Poland or other neighboring nations. Every day, every day, Mr. Biden, 80,000 children, 80,000 of them, become refugees and guests in foreign countries. All Ukrainians are now homeless. So what about a month from now? What about three months from now, six months, and a year from now? Will the world, will you, Mr. Biden, forget these people you helped make homeless? All because of your senseless and pernicious war on fossil fuels. You must feel proud and powerful that your personal enslavement by radical progressives in your Democrat Party have allowed you to financially cripple tens of millions of American families with runaway inflation while watching white people kill each other on the blooded battlefields of Ukraine. I wonder if your radical, race-crazed progressives would be in be emphatic that you that you do more for Ukrainians if the white Ukrainians looked more like the black Ugandans. Remember, Mr. Biden, it's your party. 
Your party has made everything that is not a sexual and gender perversion a racial perversion. But you're the person in charge, Mr. Biden. Your ineptitude, obstinance, and warped ideology has made you no less of a war criminal, Mr. Biden. Yes, a war criminal. Oh, for for heaven's sakes already. Can we agree? Joe Biden is a tottering old fool who's been given license to risk the lives and well-beings of every American. At least, at least we have a fallback position. We can rely on Kamala Harris should crazy Joe Biden's health completely implode. Here's Kamala in Romania this past week cheering on NATO. So I will say what I know we all say and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. Go figure. Kamala thinks Ukraine is a NATO member. You know that there's something profoundly wrong uh, with the Biden administration. And frankly, whatever's wrong with Biden is 20 times worse with Harris. Harris's performance in Poland was so humiliating to every American to have her laughing when asked about refugees from Ukraine. I would say Harris should never again be allowed to leave the United States because she is such a continuing embarrassment uh, to the American people. And she brings the United States in disrepute. Nobody in the world thinks this administration can lead. Nobody in the world is going to rely on the guarantee of uh, Joe Biden, who has consistently lied, lied about Afghanistan, has lied about Ukraine. Uh, it's, a, it's truly historically a dangerous moment uh, for the United States and, frankly, for the entire human race. So what's our strategic security interests in Ukraine succeeding? In other words, how involved should we become? I'm against our military becoming actively, directly involved in this war. Not because I'm concerned about World War III or Putin going to the nuclear option. Perhaps Putin is suicidal, but, but I'm not convinced he is. We shouldn't become directly involved because someone has to keep an eye on China. We do have a vested interest in Ukraine prevailing and actually winning this war. Perhaps a Ukrainian victory would not only restore heretofore severed parts of Ukraine back to their proper place in Ukraine's national landscape, but importantly, Russia should be greatly weakened by such a loss, and that's to our benefit. Perhaps even Vladimir Putin would fall and be replaced by someone less bellicose. But even more critically, we must keep our eyes on China. China is by and far the more dangerous and potentially threatening opponent. In the meantime, we're learning valuable lessons from the Ukrainian war. We're getting a first-hand look at how our weapons perform. No one has employed this many stingers and javelins in combat in such a short time frame as the Ukrainians are using this weaponry. One of the reasons Ukrainians want the MiG-29 fighter craft is that stingers can't reach high-altitude Russian bombers like the MiG-29s could. As for Zelensky's speech on Wednesday before Congress, it was brilliant. He called Joe Biden out without insulting him, something I haven't been able to do throughout this podcast. The only problem is that Joe is likely too cognitively crippled to realize how Zelensky put him on the spot to put up or be seen for the hypersensitive and rudderless leader he actually is. 
If Putin prevails in Ukraine, there are no upsides. Let me be clear. There are no upsides, only ugly and costly downsides. I cringe every time I hear someone, especially Joe Biden, say, let me be perfectly clear. Isn't this a trite statement? It's even more shrill when crackling Camilla says, let me be perfectly clear. Are we ever perfectly clear? Our politicians are never perfectly clear. I'd like to be perfectly clear with you, but I can only give you my informed opinion. I will never have all the information I need to be perfectly clear. So in the confession of intellectual honesty, I can only be partly clear with you. There's only one being that can be perfectly clear with any of us, and that's Almighty God. But in my opinion, Americans should not become directly involved in this war. Oh, there are those that fret that Ukraine has the potential to become another Iraq, or worse, Afghanistan. Frankly, there's a world of difference between our Middle East follies in Iraq and Afghanistan and Ukraine. The Ukrainians are dying fighting. They're dying and willing to do so to defend their country. They just want the tools to fight for their freedom and sovereignty. This was never the case in Iraq or as we've just mercilessly witnessed in Afghanistan. But the war in Ukraine is forcing us in two directions. First, we're re-examining our relationships to the concepts of liberty, freedom, and national sovereignty. While we might imagine that what's happening in Ukraine could never happen to us, we aren't so cocksure about this assumption any longer. What would stop 10,000 heavily armed Mexican cartel members from seizing several of our cities along the southern border? You say, this is nuts. Have you looked at the new crime wave in Houston? Mr. Biden's hapless bumbling has moved us from just sympathizing with Ukrainians to we now empathize with them. We can imagine what it would be like to watch our children murdered, our wives and husbands and neighbors butchered. Secondly, the Biden administration and their extensive propaganda reach within the woke media are using the Ukrainian war to distract us from what the woke fifth column is up to right here in America. We're exhausted from the political gridlock that we've created by allowing progressive Democrats and their hologram puppet, Joe Biden, to seize the helm of government. I cannot remember a time when we've been at such a divide on so many domestic issues. And we don't just have differences of opinion on issues of economics, immigration, crime, and health care. We're increasingly divided on what we've all thought were settled issues of our national core values and who and what America is and isn't. Even the politicians appear glad for the Ukrainian war distraction. We now see the few remaining moderate Democrats joining with the ever-shrinking true conservative Republicans in the spirit of bipartisanship. But even our largely united Congress is having fits trying to get the Biden administration engaged in assisting the selfless Ukrainian fighters. We must resist the war's distraction while remaining engaged enough to pressure our congressional representatives to push Biden to do more. And we must stay focused on our problems at home. We cannot allow the war to distract us from the utter ungodliness and destruction that radical progressives are inflicting daily on our children and on us. 
The war has not changed the Democrats' thrust to fundamentally change who we are as freedom and liberty-loving Americans. When I hear that each day an additional 80,000 Ukrainian children become refugees, I can't help but think of the immense damage COVID-crazed Democrats and Biden-supported teachers' unions have done to our children. In the short time span of just two years, the radical left, the so-called woke left, have been empowered to intellectually rape our children. It's all been in the name of a sick ideology that says, we don't get a say in our children's health, education, gender identity, sexual orientation, or rational understanding of racial issues. And the overwhelming propaganda that has frozen loving, caring parents from taking an active part, even a politically aggressive part, in their local pushback on woke school boards and city councils is distressingly alarming. At every turn, the woke cancel culture is there. It's real, and it's a hate machine designed to crush dissent. This is where the war in Ukraine crosses with our own civil war, right here over what we thought was settled ground. We, too, need better weapons to fight the good fight in our school districts, in our local and state elections, and most assuredly in Congress. We cannot change who's in control of the White House, unfortunately, for another three years. But with the supermajority in the House, and at least, at the very least, a majority in the Senate, we can stop cold the poisoned legislative agenda of woke radicals. We must not take our eyes off the small, local, and big national pictures before us. The war in Ukraine has done nothing but give cover to the evil among us, daily dividing us and looking to rewrite our Constitution and instill an authoritarian ruling class to dictate not only who we are as a nation, but how we live in a country we no longer recognize as America. I sincerely thank you for your attention today. I hope I've given you something to think about. Please stay engaged. God bless you, and I look forward to seeing you next week here on The Frankly Daniel Show.